You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Happy Tuesday here on Locked On College Football. Zach Blackerby with Locked On Auburn. Isaiah Hole with Locked On Wolverines. How you doing, brother? I am surviving, my friend. While we wait for the Big Ten to get here, just, you know, checking out as much as I possibly can. It was a heck of a weekend for college football. It was. It was. was. Yeah, the SEC comes back and two weeks in, it's all over the place. So that's been been very fun to see. Um, if, If I could pick one player, Isaiah, that stood out to me across all of college football so far this season... It's Kyle Pitts, the, the 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 tight end out of Florida. I mean, he is on a campaign right now. It's like no one can cover this guy, right? And I mean, it's amazing that you're even that we're even talking about a tight end in this way. But I mean, I I agree. I didn't get to see a ton of that Florida uh, game this uh, this particular uh, week, but uh, I did get to see about 10, 15 minutes of it. And I mean, he, he was unstoppable. It's one of those things where teams need to start paying a lot more attention to him than they are. Uh, otherwise they're just going to get absolutely destroyed. And that's, I mean, what we were continuing to see out of uh, Kyle Pitts. Yeah. I mean, he's scoring touchdowns at will. And I mean, Texas a and not going to be able to stop him this Saturday. I, I don't think. Uh, no, definitely not. I mean, Texas A&M, uh, we, we both had discussed that. We thought that they were potentially a bit overrated. Uh, and I mean, it's uh, it's pretty incredible that, I mean, in two games, he's already got 12 receptions, 227 yards, six touchdowns in two games. I mean, when was the last time a tight end? I mean, we might as well just give him the Mackey Award right now at this point. Yeah, the Mackey it's, is his. That's fine. Uh, any chance, Heisman considerations, he's not going to win the thing. But could he get to New York or something like that, assuming they have a ceremony in New York this year? I mean, if he keeps this up, I mean, there's no reason why he can't win. Right. Because, I mean, with with get if he gets three touchdowns a game, uh, you know, per average, I mean, he had two this last week for the first week. Well, let's just hypothetically say that he he ends up with 30 touchdowns as a tight end. I mean, he, yeah, he's going to slow down a little bit. But I mean, even if he gets 20 as a tight end, I mean, that's incredible. So I, I don't see a reason why he couldn't be right there in the, in the you know in New York or right there in the mix for all of it like I, I'm not gonna write him off as a non uh, I, I understand it's normally a, a glorified quarterbacks award right but at some point something's gonna break right Charles Woodson won the Heisman here out of Ann Arbor in 1997. I see you working working in a little Wolverines action working in a little Michigan action I I love that I've got to of Uh, course but you know it's if he's able to to you know stay on this pace or even somewhere about half this pace I mean it's going to be a special special year for him. So when you when you zoom out just a little bit and you look at Florida at number four do you think they're legitimate here? I still am kind of in wait and see. I was really impressed with what they were able to do against uh, South Carolina. I thought South Carolina was going to take it to them a little bit more than they, they were able to. I was more, I was kind of impressed by South Carolina in the loss to Tennessee. So I thought that there was definitely going to be a chance that, uh, that they could take Florida down. But I mean, the offense just keeps rolling and 
if the offense is as legitimate as it looks for Florida, and we'll see as they get down their schedule, uh, then there's no reason to think that uh, that that's not in consideration. I want to I want to just kind of backtrack for a second. Sure. In in touchdowns in a season, uh, this la- the in 2019, the the leader in receiving touchdowns was Jamar Chase, who had 20 last year. Justin Jefferson had 18. So that gives you an idea of where they're what where Kyle Pitts is living. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has six, which is one more than he had last year already. And when you start looking at some of the top names that uh, that were on the board last year, some of these guys that we talk about, like CeeDee Lamb, like Tyler Johnson from Minnesota, Rashad Bateman from Minnesota, Jerry Judy. I mean, he's gonna he's definitely gonna pass Jerry Judy. You had ten receiving touchdowns mm-hmm. last year. So I mean that all of these guys are sub that number where he's on track to to get. So I mean, I definitely think that he should be in consideration. Right. Right. All right. You're gonna make me talk about it. We're gonna talk about the game of the week from this past weekend and what it means uh, as far as Georgia and Auburn are concerned in the rest of the SEC. But first things first, um wanna give a shout out to uh friends of the network, our friends at rockauto.com with the ever-increasing number of makes and models. It is impossible now to stock all the parts that your car may need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure the the often pointless or uh, seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand that his warehouse happens to carry? Why would you do that, Isaiah? You wouldn't. That's dumb. I wouldn't. You have I a, haven't. Yeah, you have a phone in your pocket. We all have access to computers. Uh, you, you need to head over to rockauto.com right now, or really you're just ripping yourself off. Absolutely. And, yeah, I, I mean, I've used it m- tens of times. Right. It saved me thousands and thousands of dollars. Absolutely. So head over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV, right? Locked on college football. And now how did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices and all the car parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, Isaiah, it's on our show notes. Got to talk about it. I'm sorry, man. I don't want to talk about I'm it, sorry. but I got to. I, I'll I'll talk about it. Uh, that. But okay, so obviously I railed against Georgia last week. I'm not backing I did too, down man. from. I, I did too. My, I'm not backing down from my criticism of Georgia. I'm not I'm not going to do that because they still haven't proven anything to me. Okay. Well, what they what they did prove to some degree is that defense is formidable. If they play defense like that every week, then the, they're going to be t- a tough out, right? And they they just have guys flying everywhere. And that I mean it, it's a formidable defense that really Obviously, put Bo Nix on his heels. He never looked comfortable in that game. Uh, Auburn never looked like they were right ready to go in right. that light. Uh, that said, uh, Georgia still has to answer some questions offensively. Yes, they looked they looked better in week two than they did in week one. They got the running game going against Auburn. Uh, I, I think that Stetson Bennett. I think you you just got to roll with him at this point unless JT Daniels comes out in practice and just overplays him significantly. I don't think you can pull I, Stetson until he does something bad in the game. I don't think you can pull him at this point. 
No, I, I don't either. And what I, I think it's a, a wonderful story, though, too, with a guy that was a walk-on that transferred to a JUCO and came back as a scholarship player. That you know, a couple of weeks before, they told him, you know, you're 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 not going to be seeing the field, man. And for him to be able to go out there and lead the offense and look competent doing it in two games, I think that that's really, uh, really important. But Georgia, if you have higher aspirations as they do, you're not just going to – because today's college football isn't about fielding a competent offense. It's Ooh. about fielding an elite offense. And as good as their defense is, I'm really curious about that Georgia-Alabama game once they get to that. Because, I mean, you need to have, as we've seen with the last multiple college football playoff champions, you have to have an elite offense. You can't have an elite defense and a competent offense. You have to have, it seems, more of an elite offense and a competent defense. They have the defense, but I don't know that their offense is going to be enough yet. Yeah, we're two weeks away from that Georgia-Alabama matchup. That'll be on the 17th, and that's going to be, I mean, potentially the the matchup of the SEC season and it's going to kind of, you know, whoever wins that's going to be in a really, really good spot to find themselves in Atlanta playing for the SEC championship. I mean, obviously George is going to have to take on Florida uh, later on in the season. And then Alabama is going to have to take on LSU and Auburn. You know, weird things have happened in those games before, but I mean, your path there gets a lot easier if you win that game in two weeks. And it's going to be interesting to see what Stetson Bennett does when Georgia plays a team that is able to actually have an impact on the pocket. Auburn's defensive front did not impact Stetson Bennett at all. At all. He had all day to throw. And just, I mean, uh, Georgia's got the wideouts. They've got the receivers where I don't care who you have at defensive back, you're not going to be able to cover for six or seven seconds. You're just not going to be able to. So we'll see. Uh, obviously, Alabama's going to do a better job than Auburn did uh, as far as impacting Stetson Bennett's comfort in the pocket. And, and we'll see what that looks like in two weeks. And then, you know, that may prove kind of what you've been saying, Isaiah. You've been very hard on Georgia, and that may confirm a lot of things. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, we still, they still have another test before even Alabama. They can't look ahead to Alabama. They got to play Tennessee. They have the longest winning streak in college football right now. So it, it's a, it's a, it's a hard schedule for the next four weeks. Cause I mean, they host Tennessee, they go to Alabama, they go to Kentucky, which, yeah, they're 0-2, but, I mean, Kentucky's a tough out. And then they uh, then they host Florida. And then the last four games are, I won't say gimmies because Mississippi State's in there. Uh, we've already seen some craziness in that light. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it's going to be a, a tough road to go. Now, as far as Auburn is concerned, at least Auburn gets uh, a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a break here, right. you know, getting to, to play Arkansas, South Carolina, going to Ole Miss before LSU, which who knows what LSU will be or will not be at that point. So uh, Auburn gets a nice little build after that. Auburn can basically do kind of what Michigan did back in 2018 and kind of redeem themselves. Uh, what You know, early season loss to Notre Dame in 2018 for Michigan, and then they didn't lose again until the Ohio State game at the end of the year. I think Auburn certainly could be on that trajectory. It's just a matter of now, hey, now you know what it what it looks like. Now you know what you're up against. You just gotta you just gotta really focus on getting better every week 
you don't have anything that I feel could necessarily challenge you until the uh, on Halloween when they go to L or they host LSU. Right. Yeah, that's gonna be a crazy game. That's gonna be a crazy game on Halloween too. Very eerie vibes to it. I love it. I love that rivalry. It's very fun to follow. All right, let's talk about Mike Leach and his impact, his ups and downs in the SEC and college football in general. And then we'll discuss which current one-loss team has the best chance to make the college football playoff. All that coming up right here on Locked On College Football. So Mike Leach, he takes over at Mississippi State, and they upset LSU week one. And then they give up uh, a really bad performance against Arkansas. Arkansas hadn't won an SEC game in two years. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, you know, have they already figured it out? Played a ton more zone. Surely, it's more complex than that. But it's funny. Um, our locked on Razorbacks host, John Neighbors, he put out a tweet and was like, "All right, I've been doing. Uh, I've been a part of the Locked On Podcast Network for two years, and I've never actually covered an Arkansas win on the show before, uh, an SEC win on the show before. And so now he's able to do that. I thought that was kind of kind of funny." Oh, I got one thing to say to him and to all the listeners. Go Hogs. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Good on Sam Pittman for being able to do what he was able to do. Um, I mean, Mississippi State, We like obviously we don't know what they are, but I mean when you limit them the way that you did, the zone obviously played a, played a big part. Uh, that's a game I didn't – I only got to see highlights of really, but – uh, I mean, obviously kept tabs on it, thinking everyone had Mississippi State as the new hotness, and that just obviously wasn't the case, you know. And, and with the fact that you go and you lose to to Arkansas, I mean that that's not necessarily embarrassing for Mississippi State. I mean, you are still trying to break in something, and you get kind of that letdown that comes after playing the defending national champions, right? right? So, uh, I I'm, I think it's it's more of a hooray Arkansas then what are you doing Mississippi State than anything because it, it's hard to get up and be as excited for for that game if you're uh, the Bulldogs but uh Arkansas good on you because you got to start somewhere uh you, you had that really good first half against Georgia to come back and get a win the next week in conference I mean that's huge and so you just got to build on that and I you know who knows if they'll be able to or not uh Miss uh, Arkansas, as far as their schedule, I mean, it's brutal. It's going to continue to be brutal. They yeah. play uh, play your guys this week, Auburn. Then they get the they get the rivalry game in uh, Ole Miss, and then four straight ranked games. Uh, granted, Texas A and M probably will not be ranked by that point, but Texas A and M, Tennessee, Florida, LSU. Uh, before Missouri and Alabama. I mean, that, that's, that's brutal. That might be that might be their only one. But at least now you you know you can do it. You instill some some hope into your players. Say, look, we're we're going in the right direction. Just be competitive. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I shouldn't say it should be the only one. I think they very well could get either Missouri. Uh, yeah, Missouri is is certainly there for them. I think Texas A and M is there for them. Uh, but uh, you know, you they just got to keep building, and that's uh, we've seen that they can do some pretty good things. All right, Isaiah, our last topic for the day. Um, which current one loss team, which current one loss team has the best chance to uh, make the college football playoff? My gut reaction, um, I think the, the 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 odds in Vegas are probably for Texas just based on their schedule. And really the only thing that they have to do is beat Oklahoma. And then after that, they're good. And Oklahoma looks really bad this year. But I think uh, my gut says LSU in this situation. 
Um, and which is weird to me because going into the season, I wasn't super high on LSU. But all the other teams that have a chance to make the college football playoff, in my opinion, haven't lost yet. So that's kind of my default answer. I mean, LSU has got, I think, a, a long road to hoe uh, to some degree. Yeah. Like, you know, the fact that they have to play, you know, Auburn, they have to play Alabama, they mm-hmm. have to, to get through that slate. It's going to be hard for them to, considering you know, Miles Brennan looked a lot better this week than he did last week, but... I mean, you know, and you get Grant, they got Grant Del, uh, Delpit back, so that's a huge boon for them. But they still just don't have the amount of playmakers they had before. Uh, I honestly, it, and maybe I'm just buttering you up, I think Auburn's probably right there in that conversation. I would say Texas is definitely uh, up there, but Auburn, I think, is is probably the net one that's got the next best shot uh, just because I, I think that Auburn has the pieces. Like I said, if, if they learn from this last week, if Bo Nix can find a way to be more comfortable in the pocket and uh, if the offensive line can can hold back. I mean, they're not going to see a defense that, that that's maybe as vicious as far as its front as they saw in Georgia probably for the rest of the year. I think Alabama's got a really, really good defense, uh, but I'm looking more at their back seven more than their front. Sure. And uh, I think that uh, there's certainly a chance for Auburn to climb back in. Texas, it's all going to ride on what happens. Uh, this weekend in the Red River rivalry. If they can get past Oklahoma, which at this juncture, who knows what will happen, then uh, I, I think that it's probably smooth sailing for them. When I say smooth sailing, it's that doesn't necessarily mean blowout wins because Texas has already been on the ropes before actually losing to TCU. Yeah. So it's... Um, they should have lost to Texas Tech as well. So Exactly. So, I mean, Texas has probably got the easiest path. I think Auburn's got the best team that could withstand and potentially move forward in that light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Texas. The more I think about this, the, the Auburn answer is, um, I hope you're right, but I, I just think they're missing too much on the offensive defensive line. I mean, their inability to get any kind of push against Georgia was concerning. I think the coaching staff is more equipped to fix that situation than the offensive line situation. I mean, Auburn recruited, guys to play defensive tackle and they've had to move them to play offensive line like it's just it's not a good situation it's not a good situation at all for Auburn's front five but we will figure that out uh, as the season goes along hopefully fingers crossed here but um, I can't wait for uh, to see like the impact that college football feels when the Big Ten starts playing football in a few weeks just to see kind of the the jolt of excitement this like second wave of like top teams coming in because, you know, we had a few weeks where it was like, okay, cool. You know, we've got some, you know, some, some smaller conference teams Then the ACC joined. It's like, all right, we get to see Clemson beat somebody by 50 every week. That's exciting. Then the SEC comes in and things get really crazy. And I got a feeling when the big 10 comes in, it's just going to get even more exciting. And I think we're almost going to be back to normal at that point. I mean, especially in week two for the big 10 schedule, when uh, Ohio state and Penn state face off, uh, I'm not very much sold on Penn state. I am sold on Ohio State. I think Ohio State might end up being the best team in the country. And you know yeah. how much it pains me to say that as a guy who covers Michigan. But, I, I mean, Ohio State has everything. And I think that they have the chance to go out there and blow teams out in the way that even Clemson's not doing because that's what they did last year. Mm-hmm. And I thought that the loss last year was something of an aberration 
Uh, like they let their their foot off the pedal in the college football playoff and Clemson climbed back into it. Right. So I'm really excited to see what Ohio State's able to do. Uh, they they get that early test. And you know what? I'm not writing off. Uh, I'm not writing off Michigan. And I'm not even going to write off Wisconsin because Wisconsin with the injury to Jack Cohn might be thrust into a better situation with Graham Mertz, the former five star uh, recruit uh, at quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think that that could make Wisconsin significantly more dynamic. They need a guy that's going to go out there and be more of a ga- more than a game manager, which is what Cohn really is. So I'm actually really curious to see what Wisconsin does. So it'll be interesting once the Big Ten gets back into it. Isaiah, always a pleasure to chat with you each and every Tuesday right here on Locked On College Football. Our colleagues will have you covered every day this week, leading you up into the next exciting weekend of college football. In the meantime, Isaiah, where can people find you and hear you, brother? Find me at Isaiah Hole on all platforms, uh, at Locked On Wolverines, wherever you get your podcasts, or uh, wolverineswire.usatoday.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby and follow Locked On Auburn uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, uh, we will be back next Tuesday right here on Locked On College Football. You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 